Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Monday, July 19th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have got some crazy stuff to talk about from this past weekend. Chris, how was your weekend, my brother? Pretty good, pretty good. Everything went well, I would assume. Didn't yeah, have not to, too much to complain about. Didn't have to deal with too many people, I hope. No. Nope. <laughs> Small, short, quick. That's. I went down to Tunica this weekend, and you want to talk about bananas like every hotel room was sold out like and there was nothing going on i mean it was just crazy like everybody's back out it i mean they want to tell us about covid variants and this and that but uh, there are people down here that do not care like they are back at it back at it so uh media days is this week you excited about this i'm very excited very excited very excited. We we always it's talking. Well, I used to be more excited. I think, especially like in our world, the SEC, uh, the coaches are just so much more tame now, and and they all are going to give you the the coach speak lingo. Yes. We got Lane Kiffin. We got Mike Leach. Thank God, Sam Pittman. For those for yep. those two guys, Sam Pittman. Yep, you're right, Sam Pittman. Yep. Um, you know we're getting back to our old ways, but uh, but you know it's it's still going to be. A few guys saying a lot of stuff, and then everybody else is going to be singing the exact same song. You 100% right about that. Uh, the, the Media Day stuff, I don't understand why these leagues do this. Like, there's a, a contingency of national media that covers college football. And this week, like, there are some that are kind of spacing it out. I mean, it's five days, but the SEC has got four of them, and the ACC has got however many days and whatnot. But this week, you've got the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten, Conference USA, the Sun Belt, and the MAC. All this week. And then next week, you got the Pac-12. So, like, how, how are these national writers supposed to be everywhere at one time? Like, everybody just gets their own beat, and they got to write about all these different teams. All Like, it's insane. I don't know why they don't space this thing out, so. 
<laughs> well, uh, this is this is college football. The conferences don't give a shit about any other conference. They do what they want to do. They do what's best for th- their group of teams and and presidents and athletic directors and everything else. We're going to get into how that's going to look maybe later. Yep. Uh, yep. And the stuff we're going to talk about, but. For the national writers, listen, these guys just have to make relationships with folks who are beat writers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They just they just do and they have to get their stories from the local guys. Now you're hundred percent right. There is there is still a purpose for the local beat writers and whatnot. So well, I think the local beat writers are more important than ever. Oh, yes. that just a purpose. I, oh. I think they're far more important than they used to be. Oh, a hundred percent. Hundred percent. Uh, go ahead and do a rundown right quick. WinningCuresEverything.com is the website. Go ahead and check that out. It's got everything that you need to know about us, everywhere to subscribe, everywhere to follow, all that good stuff. Every show, every appearance that we do will be right over there. And, of course, we do a college football show. It is conference preview season. So you can go on over to SBR Picks on YouTube and find our college football show over there. Or just go to the website. There is a link in the description. Go to SBRPicks.com slash NCAAF. Chris, I went to uh, Tunica this weekend. I told you about that. Um, NBA Finals, Game 5. I mean, just absolutely bananas. Uh, I've got to tell you, I was not planning on watching all of the game. Like, I I thought I was just going to watch some of it. I was going to play some blackjack. I was, you know, mess around, have some some cool snacks, enjoy a nice evening out with uh, a buddy of ours that's actually moving at the end of the month. And turns out he is, like, way way into the suns i had no idea he was a suns fan at all so we sat and watched this entire game front to back i ended up putting money down on it uh, a couple of different times but i gotta tell you uh i saw a gambler that i have always heard about and i know of people that have done this but i've never been with them when they have done this there was a guy that was sitting at the sports book right up next to the counter that was watching the game as it was going on, and he had a man purse with a lock on it, like a like one of those secure, like you got to be able to get in this, you know, whatever, with stacks of $100 bills. And he was live betting this NBA game multiple times. Every time he would go up to the counter, because he, he was obviously had a lot on the Suns early. And started playing live multiple times. I started counting middle of the second quarter. And he went up to that counter and placed no less than 14 bets from the middle of the second quarter on. Every one of them, at least $500 and multiple $1,000 bets. I've never seen anybody jump with that much cash that many times. But, I mean, he had oodles of money on the Suns. And he cashed quite a few of them because every time that line would get crazy big, like there were times that it was bucks like minus 11 and a half or whatever, so he would hit the Suns again and he was but he was sitting right next to us and would get down on a knee and he was cussing Devin Booker and he was cussing Chris Paul and he was crushing I mean he was he was so irritated. He did cash some of them, right? And I'm sitting there, I got 20 bucks on this game. I I got 10 bucks on the first half line and then I got Suns plus eight and a half uh, heading into the fourth quarter. like So I, I think I lost like 45 cents or whatever on the night. Like, it wasn't a big deal. But this guy, I have not seen it in person where a guy is dropping thousands and thousands of dollars in the middle of a game. Have, have you ever personally witnessed this? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I, 
I don't know how much money, but you know, I worked at the casinos for a while and it wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. You know, they didn't have sports books back then, but people were gambling on sports, obviously at the poker tables where I was working. And, and, you know, I mean, yeah, I saw, I saw guys just walking around with huge stacks of money. I had not seen hand them back and forth. Yeah. Big stacks of chips sometimes. Like I've seen the big stacks of chips. I've seen people, you know, at the, at the poker table. I've seen them at the blackjack table, all that kind of stuff. Never seen it for a sports game where they are doing these live bets consistently. Like as soon as this number would change, they are hitting it and hitting it and hit. I mean, it was listen twenty dollars to you, couple hundred bucks to somebody else. It's it, it, it's know, a whole different world. Every my look, my grandfather raised me. We we come from a family of gamblers. It's part of it's in our blood. And he used to say all the time, the one thing about the casinos are is they got a paddle for every ass. Okay. All right. If you want to bet $5 a game, they got a paddle to whoop your ass. All right. Yep. You want to bet $500 a game, they got a paddle to whoop your ass. And if you want to bet 20000 a game, they got a paddle that'll whoop your ass. They got a paddle for every ass. You got that right. You got that right. He was uh, a wise man. Yes, he was. Said some crazy shit. It's, hey, you, you've had some great stories. Great stories. Uh, so, speaking of the game, I mean, NBA, like this finals has been pretty fantastic. Uh, Bucks have now won three straight. Uh, they were shooting the ball, <laughs> but like unbelievably, but in the second and third quarters, I mean, the, just, the shooting the ball stressed me out. By the way, stresses uh, the hell out of me. But God. it worked, and when it goes in, it goes in. Yes. But when it doesn't, oh, it drives me crazy because I feel like they can score in the paint anytime they want. Just it's kind of what it felt like. Time they yeah. want. Yeah, it's kind of um, what it felt like. It's been an awesome series. I, I I have no idea where the ratings stand on it, and I don't oh, care about past ratings because yeah. past ratings don't matter. We live in a different world and a different time today than we used to. Um, but but I'm just I'm just gonna tell you, anybody who's not watching because it's not the Lakers or it's not the Knicks or it's not the Nets or whatever, it's not big market teams. Those people can kiss my ass. All right, like they're they they don't they're not they don't care about the sport. They don't care about the game. Because these games are awesome. The last two games have been unbelievable. Two of the best playoff games I might have ever seen. Not they're in the conversation as two of the best games I've ever seen. We had a block that 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 should be marketed better than anything else. Had had Giannis's block been a LeBron block on somebody or 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 one of these, you know, somebody from a big market team, it would be something else. The eclipse, come on, man. He blocked out the sun. <laughs> What are we talking about here? What are we doing? It's it's ridiculous. It it really is. Like these are two incredibly entertaining teams. Uh, Chris Middleton, like, and they're two super likable teams, by the yes. way. Yes. Okay. Like outside of Grizz fans, hate Chris Paul. All right. Yeah. But we just do, and that's fine. All right. This guy's wrecked our life since we've had the damn team. Okay. I don't think Coach Bud is very likable. Other than that. There's nobody that you can hate on any of these teams. If you yeah. if you hate anybody else, I can't exp- we need to have a conversation. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm with because you. Because no one else has been around long enough and have done anything dickish enough to hate. I I do agree with that. I did notice a big divide in the uh in the sports book cuz there was I'm telling you, there was a ton of people watching this thing, man. Uh and the divide was like the white dudes were were cheering for Milwaukee and the black dudes were cheering for Phoenix and I have no idea why. Like I was I was pulling for Phoenix, but yeah. like I 
I could not understand. The, I mean, I, I understand like when they showed the crowd, like the Milwaukee crowd. I mean, it was like ninety five percent white. Yeah, dudes. but that's the Midwest. I, I mean, that's just what that's like the but, makeup of the Midwest. But I don't understand why. Like, I I don't get the the breakdown of it. Like, because <laughs> it was almost I, I, like I, completely split. So we we had we had we had some people over last night, and 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 me and the guy that was here. God, uh, just anyway, good dude, good dude. You know, they're, they're friends of my wife's. That you know, they're both twenty five years old. Put a bullet in me if I ever have to hang out with another twenty-five year old. I just, <laughs> I don't just hire a drifter, have me killed. I don't want to do it. Um, but dude was a good dude. All right, dude, yeah. dude's a good dude. I, I'm not shitting on him. It's just I'm I'm twenty years older than you, man. I'm old enough to be your stepdad. Okay, this is this is weird, and I don't really want to do it. But anyway, um, like he asked me who I was rooting for before the game started, and I said this is like the first series in a long time that I feel. I'm not even going to use the word conflicted, but I don't know how to feel. Giannis is my favorite player in this series. Not questionable. And there's a pretty big gap there. But, like, the next three guys that I love are all on the Suns, okay? Before you get to the next person that that I would root for or be a fan of or like in, like, a hierarchy order, the only player that I dislike is Chris Paul. But I like Coach Monty. And I really don't like Coach Bud. And so I was like, hey, there's no real winner or loser here for me. I want to see good games. The first three games, we didn't get good games. Yeah. Um, the last two have been phenomenal. Before last night, I didn't know if we were going to get a good game or not. And and I, I just told him, I said, man, I just want to see good games. I, I'd love to see it go seven. Um, I want to see good games. I will tell you this. I, I changed my opinion last night. If the Bucks are going to win, I want them to win in Milwaukee. If it goes seven, I think I think that's where I stand now. If it goes if it goes six, I want the Bucks to win at home. And if it goes seven, I think I want the Suns to win. I think I want whatever home team to win to win. I, I'll tell you what I don't like. So I'm starting after last night to move my allegiance more to Milwaukee. And there's and there's two reasons for that. One, the the dude that like tripped balls in the middle of Suns game, I don't know, two, where, yeah. you know, it looked like he was levitating off the ground and has head arched back, and he was like, like I don't know, in some dreamland state. <laughs> Fuck that guy. And then the dude last night that's like flashing $100 bills yes. as they're counting, like, Jonas's uh. thing, I'm like, Fuck that guy too, okay? Like yeah. if a car hit both those guys on their way home last night, like I'm not gonna cry for their families, all right? Like this is these are two big pieces of shit, and I'm yeah. quite certain Milwaukee's got plenty of assholes, okay? Oh, absolutely. Let's, we just let's haven't seen get them. this clear. If if I was in like Deer Park, there's no doubt I'd be like, yeah, that guy could get hit by a bus, that guy get hit by a bus today, and yes. I don't care. But but I haven't seen them on national TV over and over and over again. And that just kind of moved me a little bit. But like I said, we live in a world of super teams. If Giannis can win this thing by himself, I I know holidays had some games. Okay. I know, I know he's had some help in every game, but, but this is, this is no Anthony Davis situation. All right. This is yeah. no Dwayne Wade. This is no Kyrie Irvin. There's there's nobody close to the second best player on the last 
five, seven championships games, you have to go all the way back to the, 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 the uh, Mavericks before you have a star and the second best player is really just a bunch of role players. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can, I can get that. I can get that. And um, that outside of my Celtics, that's my favorite championship team. That's, that's hard to say that Detroit team. I, I loved that starting five. There's never been a starting five. I think I've ever been a bigger fan of that. Wasn't like my Celtics. Um, that's, that's tough for me, but those are obviously one and two, not close. Um, as, as my favorite championship teams that weren't worth Celtics. Yeah, I could. Okay. I could buy that. I could buy that. But if the um, Bucks don't close it out, I'd rather see, I think, I, I think I want the home team to close it out. Yeah. Like who, who, I think that's where I'm at. Yeah, if, if the Bucks don't get it in Game Six, then you want the Suns to win at home because I'm, I'm okay. If the, I'm, is, o, I'm okay yeah. if the Suns win at home. I don't know why that is, mainly because I don't I don't have any hatred for you. I love. We've talked about it here, Agnosium. My my affection for for James Crowder, what I think he brings in value to a, to a franchise is oh, yeah. just unbelievable. To have a guy like that in your locker room, um, it it just it's so much more valuable than than what you're getting from so many of these other guys that play his position and take his role. Devin Booker is amazing. Aiden has blown me away like nobody else. I just I w- I wasn't expecting that from him at all. So no, no. I mean he, they've been just ridiculous. I, I like, thought he was. I thought his career would. There was a chance. I thought his career. There was a chance that it ended up looking like Greg Oden, and it wasn't because of injuries. It was just a dude that was really good in college because he was bigger than everybody else, yeah. and he could just dominate. And when you get into the NBA, you can't just be bigger because you're not always bigger than everybody else. Yep. But he's he's and, been fantastic, and, man. Oh, he's outworked the shit out of everybody. He is he has changed his game. He's turned himself up. He's unbelievable. Yes. So the the first quarter to the fourth quarter, the difference between what the Suns were to start the game, thirty seven to twenty one at the end of the first quarter, and then to see what the Bucks did in the second and the third quarter. I mean, just yeah. ridiculous shooting. Well, just and in the second quarter, just in just in just in those two quarters alone, first and second. I, I don't remember what it was at halftime, but it, it was, was almost like 61. the Suns. Yeah, yeah. The the Suns were up by almost twenty. Yeah, okay? no, the Suns were up then, by sixteen the, at the end of the first, and yeah. then they were down by three. So they got outscored by down 19. by three in one quarter difference. Like, just <laughs> an incredible swing there. And yes. then you're right. After the third quarter, now they're down by ten, and it was just. It was ridiculous. Like the shooting by the Bucks was ungodly, just ungodly. The whole thing was ridiculous. So it was bananas. Uh, let's let's jump off the NBA stuff. Let's talk some NFL, uh, right quick. And you know we're gonna hit on college and well, how about this? We're just gonna hit on football for a little bit. Come on. So that's that's what we do. That's what we're good at. Tom Brady had a torn MCL almost all of last season. Nobody knows exactly when he tore it, but. There's like he was never on injured reserve or, or he wasn't on the injury list. Um, I mean, they're saying that he began dealing with the problem in April or May of 2020. And there are people that are saying that it's possible that he tore it when he was with the Patriots. Yep. And he didn't disclose it to them. Yeah. And it's like just this nonstop, like all, all weekend long, it's been all of this stuff. Like the NFL has declined to comment on it. Um, what do you even do in this situation? Like it, it's like the Bucks. I don't even know if they necessarily knew that he had torn it. 
Well, yeah, no. If as long as the franchise doesn't know, then I don't know that there's a whole lot you can do. If the franchise knows and they don't disclose it, that's a problem. Okay. Um, because you you do have an injury report for gambling purposes, obviously. And and um you know, it it's they they have certain liabilities to the league. Um, I don't know that the individual players do though. I think there's a world in where, you know, they still have their rights to HIPAA rights. They still have the rights to disclose, you know, go personal medical stuff if they'd like, as long as they're not leaning on the team for, uh, for, you know, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with uh, you. any liabilities on it. It's the whole thing is so strange. Like it's pretty amazing. It's yes. pretty amazing though. Like the fact that he won another Super Bowl playing with a torn MCL. And didn't Basically tell played it. the entire season, yeah, with with a bum knee, but knew if he said something, he's going to end up with surgery, and therefore he's not he's going to miss he'd miss the season. That's just my. He refuses to miss the season. He refuses to sit out games. He, he he's he's it's, absurd. It's pretty it's pretty incredible. I don't I don't know any other way of saying it. Um, you know, so many people have finally come over to the right side out of this argument now that he's left the Patriots it's easier to you know absolve your hatred for Tom um but I, I you know it, however you feel however you get to that point I'm okay with I don't yeah I don't care if it's you know I, I still get to hate the Patriots um but but I'm I'm now I'm now in seeing the light of of, of how amazing this guy is he's been to 10 Super Bowls He's yes. been to ten Super Bowls, Gary. And one, there are guys that there are guys that are going to be in the Hall of Fame that won't have ten playoff wins. There are guys that that won't have a Super Bowl win. Like, oh yeah, I mean it's no, just ridiculous. No. Like, I I just the whole thing is mind blowing. Looking at it, um, yeah. when when it popped up on Friday, I immediately thought, okay, we are going to have to talk about this because I I can't wrap my head around the idea that he didn't want to tell anybody. Because he didn't want to not play. He didn't want to miss the season. He knows he's 43 years old. This year, he played the year at 43. He knows that if he tells somebody and he has the surgery, there's a really good chance his career is over. This yep. is a guy that's – I do think, Tom, we've talked about this before. Part of his being so driven, part of his being so great is he's unstable. Okay, oh, he's yes. mentally not in yes. a healthy place, and I, 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 I'm just, I'm just assuming here. Okay, I don't think he he has a, a mentally a healthy outlook on life. All right, and I do think he's afraid of not playing. Now I might be way wrong on this. Okay, but I think this is a guy that's terrified. Even though he he seems to have a pretty great plan for life after football. Yeah, with the TB12 stuff. It seems like he's afraid to start that life. Yeah. I mean, he, he's got a family. He's got the wife. He's got the kids. They now live in Florida. They He's got a business to run after football. He could do anything he wants to do. That's right. He just well, he never he didn't even need the business. The business is just to keep him busy because he's yeah. got all the money a, a, a human being could need. Yes. Um, he's He's doing it. He's doing it just just for himself. He's he's really only doing this because he doesn't want to not do it. It's which there's going. something beautiful to that, but but man, there's you know, do you think at some point in time it's at all you know 
unhealthy for him to keep two. I mean, obviously, he's hiding injuries from people. Yeah, it's it's a little bit – it's unhealthy. It's it's also mentally unhealthy. But, hey, cheers to it. I'm enjoying the, the absolute hell out of it. Like, this is this is next-level kind of stuff. Uh, we'll move off of that. Let's talk about Lane Kiffin real quick. And, who boy, I have wanted to talk about this on the show – Felt like it wasn't our place to even discuss it because the rumors were so outlandish. I mean, so ridiculous. Because uh, they have been going on on the message boards for a long, long time. And now that Kiffin has actually jumped in on them, like now I feel like it's okay for us to, to hit this up, right? Um, there was a, a tweet that kind of summed up exactly what this rumor was. And there's a bunch of variations of it and whatever else. But the tweet said, I heard Kiffin done knocked up an ex-Ole Miss cheerleader whose father just so happens to be an Ole Miss professor. The other variation of this was it was a football staffer, a female football staffer, whose dad is an Ole Miss professor, but also like a really big booster, like big money, you know, whatever. All kind of stuff. Now, the there's another uh, part of this. It says Kiffin got a 24-year-old female pregnant. Of course, Ole Miss was trying to keep it undercover, but the female... Uh, who is a possible student, from my understanding, who is also sleeping with Kiffin, found out and put it on blast. Like, he was sleeping with two different women, whatever. Um, so Kiffin jumps back on this, and he actually tweets about it. And he tweets the guy with the first rumor. He said, the best part of this rumor is the usage of done, knocked up. He said, some people, and put his the hand over his face thing. I love this. I You would never get another coach on the planet to respond to this crap. And yet here he is, he just diving right into the mud with him, and that's where he lives. That's what he's good at. This was absolutely fantastic because I wanted to bring it up last week. I didn't think it was a good. I didn't think it was right for us to actually talk about it. But now that he's brought it up, uh, what do you think about this? I I think they're I, I think if they're twenty four years old, then they're consenting adults. Well, yes, okay. absolutely. And and now now if the one is a football staffer. You have an employer-employee situation. Some people have that. Some people don't. As long as the relationship is disclosed to, you know, the proper, you know, whatever, then then that's fine. If he's sleeping with multiple girls, I don't, as long as as everything is consensual, I don't care. I don't Agreed. care. These are these are adults. Let adults do what adults want to do. I don't understand. There's. Hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of rich old guys nailing young girls. There are probably thousands of them happening right now in our country. <laughs> Nobody cares, but if you're a football coach, we all give a shit. Well, like, you're, if, if you're a football coach and it's somebody that's either working for you or is like a student at the school, then it becomes a bit of an on, issue now, because there's an ethical school is a love thing. Like, no, hang on. No, no. There's okay. no ethical thing just because you're a student at the school. Just because you're a student at the school, how does that have anything to do with it? Well, because he's an authority figure at the school. Like, he's a... No, 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 no. He is not their authority figure unless Agreed. it's somebody in the football staff room. Okay? No, because there's... And you go to some of these college campuses, you got, like you know... You, you, Central Florida, it's a hundred thousand students. You mean you mean there's fifty thousand women in Orlando if you're the head football coach that you can't nail? Come on. No. 
No, they're 18. They're adults as long as they don't work for you. And if they work for you, as long as your bosses and employers know about the relationship and everything's on the up and up, they're not getting fair treatment. They're not, you know, they're not getting paid more than somebody else. All of this stuff. I find the, the rumors funny that her dad is a professor, but he's also a booster. Yeah. You know what professors yeah. make? Like this, this has to be somebody with old money if he's a big booster. Yes. Because yes. that's not how professors work at state schools, baby. No, you're 100% right about that. It, it, it did. Those crack guys me might up. make six figures and six figures, ain't, and that's, that's top of the food chain, and six figures ain't big time booster in it. Yeah. It, it's not enough to, uh, it's not enough to even pay like a good football player. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's right. There's going to be an offensive lineman that's going to make more than that professor this year at Ole Miss. 100%. 100%. Uh, it did crack me up, though. I absolutely loved seeing it. Uh, let's talk about Mark Emmert. Okay. Mark Emmert. He said on Friday that this is the right time to consider decentralized, deregulated college sports. He thinks that it is time for the NCAA uh, to back off and let the conferences handle their business. Let them be the ones to actually um, to, you know, handle the rules enforcement and things like that. It says, uh, when you have an environment like that, it just forces us to think more about what constraints should be put in place ever on college athletes, Embert said, and it should be the bare minimum. Now, what he's saying is not incorrect. The thing that shocked me about this is the fact that it is Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, who is saying it, basically saying that, hey, you actually don't need us. Like, we, what we've been doing forever is a complete sham, and now that we've got, like, this NIL and it, everything's open, you don't really need us. It is funny that he is saying this just, like, a month after his new contract extension, right? But I, it's not, like, he's saying exactly what we want him to say. He's saying the exact right thing. It's just the fact that he's the one that's saying it. That is so mind-blowing to me. I don't get what his end game is here. Do you have, like, I don't, people have said online, like, oh, he just doesn't want to do any of the work, or he, he doesn't, he wants to quit. Like, he wants to stop doing it now. That's part of it. The other part is, like, that Austin case, what the Supreme Court said was basically, if the NCAA tries to restrict anything, you just come see us. Like, we will handle it. We will get rid of this bunch. So, basically, Emmert's there to handle, like, the NCAA tournament contract, I guess, the TV contract, and maybe that's about it. Like, what, what, what is the next step? What, give me your thoughts on this. This guy has done nothing but give his job away to other people. Yes, to, forever. To, for the last for the last year and a half, all he's done is is Congress do my job, conferences do my job. But but all I want to know is when the hell you send him back to two point five mil, okay? Because you're that taking the two point five mil and you're not doing a goddamn thing for it. <laughs> this piece of shit right here has got to be the most worthless human being on the planet. Yes, he needs to get – we said it last week, Gary. We said it last week, and it's the first time we've oh, – you and I have talked about this privately. We've never publicly stated it before ever. Last week is the first time we kind of had the balls to say in 10 years, we don't think the NCAA will be a thing anymore. Yes. And I, I will be damned if it was less than a week 
less than a week, and this guy is giving away another part of his job and the NCAA's responsibility. Dude, it might not last. Listen, Adam, I'm not going to get into this. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that because that gets political, and they're not necessarily my political views, but I find them funny. But there have been people that have predicted things would change in our country. And, and they were like, in 50 years, we're going to look like this. And like six years later, we look exactly like you could read the book and be like, holy shit, we're there right now. Yes. Okay. Yes. But, what, I thought 10 years, 10 years might be four years too long. It might be like six or seven years too long. Like we, yeah. we could yeah, be no, looking at yeah. this. This, this could be happening quick. Like Mark Emmert really might be so bad at his job that he's the last NCAA president we ever have. It's entirely possible. Because when he's done, the NCAA will crumble around him in ruins, which I'll praise that day. I will I will dance in the street and sing hymns to the football gods for that because he's worthless. Yes. Here's, here's what the article says. Uh, Emmert said the NCAA is more than 1,100 member schools should consider a less homogenous approach to the way sports are governed and reexamine the current three-division structure, which includes 355 Division I colleges. The NCAA's rules and regulations have long been criticized, and court challenges have been mounting in recent years. His quote here, We need to be ready to say, yeah, you know, for field hockey, field hockey is different than football. Wrestling is different than lacrosse. And not get so hung up on having everything be the same, said Emmert, who was the president of LSU and at the University of Washington before taking the NCAA job in 2010. Uh, sports serve different functions at different schools, Emmert said, and the NCAA needs to govern in a way that is more reflective of that. He added the NCAA should not shy away from the fact that a small percentage of athletes are using college sports as a path to professional sports. We need to embrace it. And with NIL out there, we're providing other opportunities around this whole notion of using college sports as a career launching pad. It, this is all 100% right. Like he's, yes. he's saying exactly what is supposed to be said here. But my God, like, it, I, I'm curious what the NCAA board thinks about what he said. Like, I, I can't imagine that they are comfortable with with the power being just, like, gone and handed to the conferences. Like, I can't so, imagine now, now, look, So let's get into the nuts and bolts of if and when that ever happens, what does that look like? Um, that's going to look like chaos because you're going to have yeah. you're going to have the Big 12 saying – we won't allow transfers and everybody else saying we're going to allow transfers. And so you're going to have certain conferences restricting people because it benefits or hurts their big boy schools. Yeah. And, and, and the SEC is no different. The, the Big Ten is no different. Pac-12 is no different. The Americans no different. The ACC is no different. Whoever the big dogs are at the time, they're going to put rules in place to protect them, which means the separation between them and everyone else will just get larger and larger and larger because they can't afford to not have a dominant team every year. Yeah. yeah that's right. what's gonna that's what's going to happen is every conference is going to say who's the biggest school we got, who's our best chance at winning a football championship. And then they're going to manipulate the rules, i.e. Big 10 last year, suck it. And they're going to change <laughs> things that benefits them because they can't afford for that team to miss out on the payday that brings to the Big Ten. 
So the separation from that team and everybody else is just going to get larger and larger and larger. So the same team is going to win the conference every year, but the conference is going to bring in so much money. Those other teams are just fine playing for second and that'll be the bragging rights. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's, what's going to happen. No, you're, if you're you right. allow you're this, right. it, it's so, it's so strange to me to see this, like it, it's going to be weird. I'll just, I'll, I'll say that because I can't, I can't quite gather everything into one succinct statement on this, but this coming out on Friday was really intriguing to me because I think it speeds up the process. I think it, it speeds up oh. everything. Well, yeah. So so if NIL is here, the biggest thing NCA does is is um, investigate like these types of infractions, right? Yeah. Like that has to be the majority of their job. Okay, correct. Correct. Yeah. All right. So so now because of NIL, like the biggest part of their job is completely taken away from them. Yes. Why do we need them? Why, why do we have hundreds of people working for this organization? It's probably handsomely paid, too. I'm going to bet very few of those folks making thirty five grand a year. All right? No, you're 100% right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bet they're, there's they're some money. large salaries. Now, Mark is the only guy that's probably 2.5. All right? He's picking up dinner every time they go out. But he, I, I assure you that the, the folks under him are, are handsomely paid. Yes. yes very well right. compensated. I think you're right. Um, his his last quote was, "We can learn, or we can lean back and do nothing, and then just wait and see what happens. Or you can say, look, we're in it. This is the new era. We need to take advantage of it, pivot as much as we can towards the areas that I was just talking about, and embrace that change rather than fighting it. I mean, I, I will go ahead and give him kudos, kudos for saying the things that that you should be saying and not trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes anymore. Like I, I'm glad that he did this, but who?" How different? How different uh, the the tides have turned in a big way in just, you know, two, three weeks. It is crazy to see. Uh, we'll jump off that. Let's talk about the Major League Baseball that happened this weekend. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We don't talk a ton of baseball. You know, you, you do on the solo show. I don't watch a whole lot of it, but obviously with me being at the sports book last night, I got to see all this different stuff that was happening. And we'll start with this. The gunfire outside of Nationals Park between it, 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 in the middle of the game between the Nats and the Padres was one of the scariest things that I have ever seen because they, they stopped the game. I didn't, they didn't have the sound on. I couldn't tell what was going on. I start checking Twitter, and they're talking about shots being fired and people have been shot like right outside of the gate. And I, I still don't know exactly what is it, but they, they stopped the game, and they came back and like finished it earlier Yeah, they postponed today. the game until today. Yeah. Like, no, fans were running on the field to like get, get away get away from the yeah yeah like it was I, I could not figure out what was happening when I was watching it, but it was spooky. You could hear the gunshots on TV. That's could you? That is yeah. it, how. So how many gunshots? Like, did they have a number for it? Like, were you no, watching it was the game? Five or six. Were you watching the game when it happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had the Bucks game on. The Red Sox game was a complete downpour. I had that game on a TV, and I had the. Uh, no, I didn't have the sound on this one. I had the sound on the Bucks game, but um, but no, after after the fact. And we saw what was happening. You just went back, rewind. No, you could hear it. That is, you can hear the number of pops. Crazy. Uh, I don't know that I've ever. It's seen on this. Twitter too. You can go back and hear it on Twitter it's, as well. I, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like this. This was a, a terrifying thing to think that. All right, this is going on like right outside the stadium, and it's affecting the play on the field, and. I don't even I don't know what to say about. It. I felt like we needed to hit on it, but I don't even know what to say. I mean, so it's- so I have a I have a I have a thought. So I saw on Twitter today under under this, and this is where we are in the country, okay? And and it was somebody bringing up the fact that uh, the Washington area, the D.C. area, especially the downtown D.C. area, uh, they they have they have gun violence every night of the week. Okay, it's yes. like most major inner cities. All right, people are getting shot every day. Okay, yes. Memphis, somebody's shot every day. So this is they pointed out this is nothing new. What is new is this is that same violence happening very close to white people, and this is why it's a big deal. And they tried to bring that up, and and that and it bothered me. It bothered me because I don't think this has anything to do with race and and white people being afraid, but it's okay for black people to be afraid. I don't I don't think it's that at all. I think it's when it happens around a something like a baseball game, you got 20,000 people in a stadium, yeah. you're now thinking about mass shooting situation and not your regular inner city violence that happens where it's somebody going after usually targeting somebody else. Yes. Okay. And oftentimes it's gangs, but sometimes it's just inner city, whatever, scruffs between people that know each other. All right. Right. Mass shootings against strangers is totally different against than 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 shooting somebody you know. Okay. Right. Um, and 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 I think that was that was the fear. That's where everybody's brain goes. Baseball happens to be a very white sport. Like any baseball stadium in the country you go to, like it's yeah, 95%. It's, yeah. It's is a is a shitload of white people that go to baseball games. I yeah. I don't I don't know why and I know baseball's trying really hard to get you know more black people, more um uh Hispanics 
involved more, in it. More but, diversity in their, in because, their audience. Yeah. Ma- mainly because they make up such a big portion of the game, especially the Hispanic yes. population. Yes. They they want them coming out to the games, and they want them to, to, to be a part of, of, of their fandom because they make up, you know, the product on the field. You go to an NBA game, you're going to have a whole lot of black people and a whole lot of white people, but but the entire court is made up of mostly black people. So so that makes sense, right? Right. The fact that baseball has so many Hispanic, especially, but very few Hispanic fans in stadiums, I get it. Baseball's got an issue that they are, they've tried for a long time to work out, and they're still working it out. I don't think this has anything to do with that. And that, that bothered me. Now, I know that's one tweet, and I shouldn't let Twitter, obviously, upset me it's it's that's the direction was to take off the fact that this had the reason people were afraid is not because these people just aren't used to being around this much violence it's this this had potential potential to be a major major catastrophic thing yes Yes. i have no idea how many people were actually shot the sad thing is is you we don't really have a lot of information or reporting as of Sunday when we're recording this of, of who was shot, how many people were hurt, what actually happened. Um, it happened outside and outside of the gates. It, it was, it was not something that had anything I don't think to do with the baseball facility or baseball folks. It, it just, it just happened to be close enough to the stadium that everybody could hear it, you know? Yeah. But it was scary. Yeah, it was, it was not good. It's more gun violence in our country. That's not a good thing. You're right. I mean, it's it's terrifying. It is terrifying. And then, of course, you you mentioned you were watching the Red Sox and the Yankees. That one ended after six. Uh, it rain out. You know, whatever it was. I, I it's been a long time since I've seen a game that was they were actually playing it while it was just pouring. Like it was, it was unbelievable. It, and they started. They should have never started that. I know. I know. I was going to sound like sour grapes. Because the Sox lost the first game they've lost all year to the Yankees, that that game should have never been played. Not no. close, not even a little bit. Um, at, well, I mean, no there was a weather delay. Tried to get it in, and there was there was no rain during the weather delay. Yeah, like, but as soon as they start playing, the the, the bottom falls out. Um, you have three gross, grossly missed calls that equaled three outs. You say, oh, it's only three outs. In a game, well, in in a game that only went six innings, three outs is kind of a lot. That's a yes. that's a pretty large percentage of outs that that one team just got completely fucked on in a in a one run game. Yeah, that was played in a damn monsoon, which a fan in the stadium throws a ball and hits Verdugo in the back. That's the a, that's what I was going to bring up about this. Uh, what what were your thoughts about him getting hit with the ball? So like, I saw him. I this game was actually on. I was I was watching. I yeah. mean, there's they got tons and tons of TVs, you know, where I was. So I was able to see, and they, they showed the replay because I tried to figure out what in the world was going on. Alex Cora was out on the out on the field. Like, everything was going bananas. And Verdugo all, was pissed. I've oh, never yeah. seen Verdugo that upset. He was it, pissed. So he had, like, he had grabbed a ball and thrown it to a kid in the crowd, yeah. and some, like, a Yankees fan intercepted the ball and then threw it back on the field and hit him in the back. And hit him. One, it's a hell of a throw. Like a hell of a throw to be able to hit the guy in the back. Like it, you got to be pretty accurate to be able to do that. But second, like this whole throwing the ball back on the field thing, like at what point you know? Because I always thought it was strange that they do it in other parks as well. Like when somebody hits a home run, they throw the ball out on the field. 
it, if it's in the opponent's you know stadium, I I don't get it. I don't know why it's allowed. Like, did they end up throwing the fan out? I didn't see what ended up happening with that. But so like, so they did. This is not a home run situation. Okay, this right. is not a that the Verdugo hit a home run and they were throwing the ball back. The Red Sox didn't any home runs. Uh, this this was this was you're warming up and then when you're done warming up, you throw the ball to a kid. Um, you know, kind of thing. I th- think I'm not sure how the fan got the ball but anyway he hit Verdugo it, like there's there's video footage of like them trying to find the guy and it was pretty easy to tell who it was when you're looking at the video footage but nobody was pointing him out nobody was like that's the asshole that did it all the Yankee fans were just standing around and they were the only two people this guy and his girlfriend were the only two people sitting down and everybody around them was standing around and looking around but nobody pointed them out none of them and like, there's a security guard up there, and he's like, like trying to point, like trying to figure out who it was. And everybody's just like, "Not me, not me." And then finally, they like feel like they got the guy. And a couple of people are like, "Yeah, yeah, that's that's who did it." And it was just like, you know, no, this is one of those situations where you got to learn to police your own. Yes, you know, like and, well, like it, Red, Red, Red Sox fans, have, Red Sox like, fans have done some heinous, hateful shit. Okay, like they. Boston's best they absolutely known in its past for being a, a just a ridiculously racist town okay yes. now I, I think his image has changed a lot and it still suffers from uh a lot of people have been hurt by the hateful shit that happened there and they still remember it and so it's still labeled as that now I'm also of of a super bias that I want to defend my town because I I love that place. Yeah, like you love I, Boston. Like, like I live in the city of of Memphis, and I I I live in the South, and I've lived my entire my heart is in Boston. Yes. Okay. And it's and it's been there since I was four years old. Um. When when like there was some fan that I don't know if he yelled like monkey. It was very some racial shit to to. Uh, I think it was Aaron Jones or not Aaron Jones, Adam Jones of of the of the Andrew, Andrew Jones, right? No, it wasn't Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones was for the Braves. This was a this was oh, fuck. anyway. Anyway, he played for the Orioles. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm almost positive it's Adam Jones. You, I think, um, yeah, yeah, I think you might be right. He, he, they, they yelled some racist shit out there to him, and like the ushers were like trying to find, and everybody in the fans were like, "That's the son of a That's bitch." That's the dude. That's who yeah. did it. That guy right there. Get him out of here. Get him the hell out of here. And like that makes you proud. I I can't stop people from being hateful pieces of shit. But we can absolutely police our own. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. The fact that go watch the Twitter feed. You can find it. Nobody's pointing these guys out. Everybody's just standing there minding their own business. And you got this one usher like looking around and everybody's just pointing into the stands. And then these two people are just sitting there like just quiet as a church mouse. Well, yeah, no, there's no doubt they did it. All right. But anyway, or he did it. She didn't do anything. But neither here nor there. Um, that, that bothered me. Like I, I am in, in, it's embedded in my, my being, my, my ethos to hate the Yankees and all of their fans. But I know that's an insane thing. Like that's a sports hate thing. Yeah. But then you see something like that and I think, you know what? No, fuck all of y'all. Okay. <laughs> like if you're like, if you're going to allow that and you're not going to police your own and you're all just going to stand there and mind your own business and oh, I ain't going to snitch on him. Like screw that. Yeah. This guy did a hateful ass thing. Let's get him the hell out of here. Yes. Uh, hitting a, a player that is actually playing in the game 
in the back is that's heinous. I mean, yeah. it's it, it, like you cannot allow that to happen. That's anarchy. That's chaos. That's and now I that's know stupid. that I'm a Neanderthal. I know that I'm a caveman. Okay, but like I don't want this guy arrested. I don't want our tax dollars. Well, I mean, my tax dollars, but the New York tax dollars to go to you know support this guy while he's in the hole somewhere doing some time. Yeah, I no, it's I don't just want any of that. Listen, like he, kick him out. He, no, well, like, no. See, this is where this is where I'm a Neanderthal, and you're a reasonable person. Okay. He threw the ball at Verdugo. I think he should get be allowed to come down to the field, and Verdugo should get to throw the ball at him one time. I'm okay with that. Okay, I'm, and then I'm, the rest okay. of his life, he gets coloring books for the for for Christmas because he, you know, he's going to get hit in the face and not be able to read ever again. <laughs> like he's just going to eat through a straw, and that'll be it. I'm all right with that. I'm like I'm okay. Like I know that makes me a caveman. I know that makes me a Neanderthal. I know that. No, but, but I think I'm okay. that's, but that's, that's a the very world simple. in which I want to live. You yes. want to stop it? No, no. So now we got to post his picture, and he's been banned from all 30 stadiums for life. Well, hang on now. If you posted a picture of me when I was 20 years old in your stadium, I could walk into all 30 stadiums today. All right. Nobody knows what I look like compared to what I used to look like. Like nobody's policing that. Okay. It's just, that is a bullshit thing to do that, that hurts the guy that embarrasses the guy. And it makes it a little bit complicated when he gets older, but, but it's just a small hurdle to get through. No, listen, you hit him in the back with a ball. You threw a baseball at him. He gets to throw a baseball at you. That's it. I think I think that's fair. Ah, uh, yeah, you threw it from you know a hundred yards away. No, nope, nope, you don't get to make those rules. No, he's going to throw it from twenty feet away. Yeah, that's and it. Like that's it. it. And if he hits you in the chest and it stops your heart, that shit. If it hits you in the shoulder and breaks your arm, that's tough shit. If it hits you in the head, you know, you eat through a straw <laughs> the rest of your life. Yeah, this is what happens. Sucks I, to I, suck. I, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I don't. Sucks I can't explain suck. it, but. Uh. This yeah. this is what I this is what I this is the world I want to live in. Yeah, eye for an eye. I'm game with that. That seems like pretty simple rules. Pretty simple rules. All right, let's talk a little more college football to uh to end the show today. Lincoln Riley. He said that the Big Twelve is the most innovative league in the country. Now he is talking about defense. He he said uh I think this league defensively is the most innovative league in the country from what I've seen. I'm not saying there's not other good defenses or other good players, so everybody relax. But as a coach and as somebody who does offensive football, you sit back and look at the challenges and all the things people do in this league and how unique some of those are. It is innovative. You'll go through this league, play everybody, and I don't care who you play in non-conference games, bowls, whatever. You're going to play good teams, but you're not going to play people nearly as innovative. You're going to see everything you're going to see right here. There's some really good coordinators, position coaches. The league has really evolved in a nice way. Uh, now, he talked about what it'll take for the current Sooners team to get over the hump, win a national championship, all this kind of stuff, da 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 But very interesting that he said that they are the most innovative conference defensively in all of college football. I I tried to think about this and see if if I could name another one, and I don't know that I can't. You know, there are there are teams playing, you know, three three fives, there's three fours, there's four threes, there's four two fives in this league. Like there are a ton of different defenses that some of them, you know, try and cause a lot of havoc because they understand their their weaknesses in, in the defensive back seven. 
There are a lot of them that understand that they cannot stop the run, so they try and get pressure in other ways, bring in safeties, they bring in, you know, cornerbacks a ton. Like, I, I think you might be right. Like, I wanted to disagree with him. But looking at, at the defenses inside the Big Ten or Big 12, I, I think he's right. Do you have a, a counter to it? My counter is is just because you you play a bunch of different style of defenses in your conference doesn't mean you're innovative. Okay, okay. Does that does that mean the American is like the most innovative offensive conference? I think it's possible that they are. Yeah, I think I think I don't know. That so I would agree maybe with that. maybe innovation because Let's, because Navy runs the triple option and and so that throws that you know that extra wiggle in there. Come on, man. So innovation is the uh, a new method, idea, product, etc. cetera. Uh, it says the action or process of innovating. So, <laughs> Well, they're not doing anything that people haven't done in the past. That's, that's why he's wrong is the 3-3-5, they're not the only people out there running a 3-3-5. Now, there are a lot of teams doing it. Yeah, there's a lot more now than there were like two years ago. Right? Two years ago, but they they like nobody in the Big 12 has the patent on that, and it didn't originate there. So, like, what are you doing that nobody else has done before? That's I, th- I think the what biggest innovation thing, is. So, so let's talk about the Big 12 just as a conference. The Big 12, remember, just a few years ago, this was the up and down the field tempo. Yes. Everybody is, you know, doing whatever. Well, yeah, they're right? just now starting to play defense. Yeah, they are. So that's why it's a big deal to him. Right. So he thinks they that didn't this used is, to play defense. He thinks this is innovative. That's right. And it's really not. It's just that no. now you you are actually seeing now that the SEC and the Big Ten and whoever else have have kind of switched to where they are running these Big 12 offenses now. Now the Big 12 is switching back to playing a little more power football. They've actually got some some guys on the lines in the trenches that are worth a damn. And it's a whole different ball game there now. Like what what Matt Campbell has done at Iowa State and what TCU is capable of doing all the time. Those two and now Oklahoma State of course has switched up their defense. Now that they've brought in Jim Knowles, the uh, the former Duke coordinator. Like, yeah, they've actually got defenses now. They actually have to come up with different ways to score points. It's it's a whole different... If you look at the average point scored in Big 12 games over the last three years, it has steadily gone down because the games are shorter. Like, defenses are stepping up. Like you're having to do things. Yeah, hang on now. But some some of that some of that's also Texas's offense is nowhere near as good as Texas's offense used to be. Those those uh, those days of Colt McCoy and Vince Young offenses were far better than the offenses Texas has had in the last decade. Agreed. All right. Agreed. So that, that has nothing to do with defense. That that, that offense sucks. Okay, TCU's offenses are way worse now than they used to be. Now, maybe this year's different. Oklahoma State's offense is way worse today than it used to be. Way that's worse. It. Partly I don't think because, that's because the defense are. It, well, I was going to say Spencer Sanders is just inaccurate with but the football. Yeah, but, so that, like, but hang on. That has nothing to do with the defense that they're playing. No, I do that think has you're to do right, with the I, fact that the teams are. The, the teams in that conference are Mike Leach and, 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 uh, and and what's his boy? Pretty boy, uh, you know, used to be the coach at Texas Tech, and they put up fifty points oh, a game. Cliff, and now Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff, yeah. Cliff Kingsbury, and now they won't score fifty points in the year. All right, like yeah. that has nothing to do with the defenses in the Big Twelve getting better. If Mike Leach moved 
there tomorrow, they go back to 50, and the defenses all look like shit. You might be right about that. I think there is something to, no, like, so Matt Rule and I Matt Campbell coming into town, this, though. I, I think that has something to do with it. Well, okay, the more defensive coaches are getting hired, but that doesn't mean they're not run. Listen. Well, no, well the crazy thing, on. Matt Campbell is Matt not a Canada's defensive coach. Matt running the same defense he ran at the – hang on. Matt, Matt Canada – or not Matt Canada. Campbell, um, yeah. Campbell, you know, running the same stuff he's been running forever. Um, Dave uh, Aranda. Aranda, yes, Baylor's defense is, is going to be better and look different now than it is. But that's not innovative. He was running that defense in the SEC. Yes. So that, just because now it's in the Big 12 doesn't make it innovative. It's the same shit they were doing forever. So, yeah. so when I think of innovative, I think of different. I think of something you haven't seen in a long time or something you can't really prepare for, okay? Yeah. And let me tell you something. That's not a scheme. Like, the most innovative defense – now, I'm biased, but the most innovative defense I've ever seen was the Honey Badger at LSU because that was a dynamic player. There, there was no scheming for him. There's no amount yeah. of film you could watch because it wasn't a, are they running a 4-3 or are they running a 3-4? It was a, this guy could be anywhere on the field at any time, and just because he's standing somewhere when the ball snapped, that does not mean that's where he's going to be when the ball ends up where it's at. Okay? Yeah. No, you're like, right. They... I, I think players have more to do with big-time innovation, and the Big 12 just hasn't put out any major players on defense to show me that that's true, okay? The scheming, while it might be the best scheming the Big 12 has ever had, it, it, it doesn't it make still it innovative. Ain't, it still ain't the Big Ten. It still ain't the SEC. And, and hell, there's a whole lot of the, the ACC that's playing better defense than them. Yeah. All right. Uh, by the way, go, go, go to Cincinnati. That defense is a hell of a lot better than half the defenses in the Big 12. Yeah. Definition of innovate is make changes in something established, especially by introducing new methods, ideas, or products. Like, I, just I don't, don't know think that there's anything, anything new. that's happening that's new there. It's new to them. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Down here in Mississippi, when we first get new technology, yeah, people in LA and Chicago and New York have had it for a decade. All right. Because we we live in a shithole. Well, we got iPhones like four years later. We're like, look at this shit. Like, what yeah. is this? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, I'd like, see where you come from. We're talking from. on think... analog, and they've been talking on digital forever. That, that doesn't mean that it's innovative. It just means that you're finally catching up to the times. Yeah. And here's what's sad. <clears throat> that conference is finally getting defense. All the rest of the conferences that are winning national championships, the teams, not necessarily the conferences, that are winning and competing for national titles – are basically realizing all the advantages are on offense. All of the rules are set up to make the offenses better, not the defenses better. And so they're putting all of their advancements on offense, not defense. And and you're finally getting good defenses, and the game is going away from that. How the hell innovative is that? That's a, that's a very good point. That is, you're going, you're going away from what everybody else is doing. You're doing what the SEC and the ACC and the Big Ten was doing 10 years ago. Yes, yes. So, are we? Are they innovative, or are they behind the times? Yeah, I, that's that's what I think. I think this guy's an idiot, but I also am just preemptive to not like him. All right. Yeah, it's a it's a good the point. The fact that this guy wants to block, he wants to take every transfer in the world, but block his transfers from leaving. I think that makes him a piece of crap. Okay, I think he's yeah. a terrible human being for that. All right. 
but it's a rule and he's allowed to do that. That's fine. There's a lot of things that you, you're allowed to be an asshole. You just shouldn't take liberty of that allowance all the time. I, I tend to agree with you. That's my opinion agree. of that's my opinion of Lincoln Riley. There you go. Uh, speaking of Oklahoma, we'll close out with this. Baker Mayfield. I know you saw the tweet. I know you saw yes. it. Baker yes. Mayfield puts up a tweet on Friday. Now this we talked on last week's show or one of the shows about the horns down uh, ruling from the officiating. Like it it'll probably be a penalty if you do it to another player. It probably won't be a penalty if you do it to your own crowd or whatever. But you know we're we're gonna leave it up to the officials. Baker Mayfield tweeted out, NSFW, not safe for work. He said, the following content might offend some viewers, the mentally weak ones, of course. He put hashtag boomer, hashtag zebras protecting longhorns, and put a ton of different pictures of him doing the horns down. I love the amount of trolling. He's been in the NFL for, what, three years now? Uh, no, this is fourth year. This so yeah, this, he's going into his fourth year. So he's been yeah, in the go, NFL. So for three he's been years. in the NFL for three years. Yeah. Yes, that's probably a correct statement. Sorry, still, still hates Texas to this day, and ain't ever gonna let it go. I don't think. But this well, is. I mean, it's easy to hate on a team that's this fragile, that this emotionally yes. soft. Uh, zebras protecting Longhorns called them weak-minded. Yeah. Uh, it it cracks me up. Absolutely cracks me up to no end. Like, I, we're going to see more horns down this year than I think we've ever seen. And it, it became, yeah. like, a big story a couple of years ago. But it is, it's going to be massive this year. So, my, I, I, my question is, is what if the Oklahoma player throws the horns up after doing a great play? Is that mocking? Is that, is that taunting if well, I throw depends the horns on if you, up at I, them? I guess it depends on if he does it to – like a Texas player or <laughs> but hang on, no, but hang on, hang on. But it's not, it's not a negative thing, right? It's not a negative thing. It's, uh, up. it's not I, horns down. Well, I, I think like you had, you're going to so count you score a touchdown and you run over a linebacker and then that linebacker gets up and gets in your face and you throw the horns up at him. Well, is that a penalty? Cause I'm, it's not horns down. It's horns. Up. I think, I think the crazy thing is that we are going to expect referees to somehow determine intent. And well, the intent from every opposing player is negative. Agreed. But you're gonna you're gonna expect the referees to judge on this. And I just think it puts them in a bad spot. Like, there's no reason that they should ever be throwing a flag for horns up, horns down, whatever. Like it's just stupid. I, I'm very I'm very curious. The only thing I care about with this is if it affects the outcome of games. Okay. Yes. If if you're in a one score back and forth battle and in a team, you know, whatever somebody gets excited for first downs, and, yeah. They they throw the horns down, they make a big play, and then like you just you just got an interception or not an interception, maybe not a turnover, but like a big third down play that's gonna make it, you know, third and or fourth and like eighteen fourth and 25 something ridiculous okay and you throw the horns down and now all of a sudden now they get an automatic first down at 15 yards and, and then they go on like to score and they go on to win the game like a, a super close one score game at some point in time what are we doing yeah. we're, we're literally gonna let your like your jazz hands decide the the, the outcome of games like we're, we're gonna let spirit fingers do that i mean what are we doing like 
My rule is this. If you don't like it, that's it. All hand gestures are all now gang signs. Okay. They're all banned. And, and it, you know, you, you can't do the guns up. That's a gang sign. Like that's a, that's a hate crime, brother. We're not doing that anymore. Like, <laughs> like if you're, if you're Houston and you throw up the shocker and, and whatever, then, you know, nope, nope, you're out. Like we're not doing that, but this is stupid. This is so, yes. this is so ridiculous. Yes, I agree. I agree. It's so dumb. I, I do like I do like Baker trolling them though. Oh like yes. Baker's definitely endearing himself to me. You know I'm not a big Oklahoma fan, but you know Baker's my guy, and he's definitely winning his way into my heart even more because he, he, you you take somebody now you got to be a big boy. All right, I don't oh, yes. I never punch down. Don't like doing that. But you take a big boy franchise, you take a big boy program like Texas, who's super thin skinned and being really bitchy about stuff. And you troll the shit out of them for that? Oh, oh. It's I, all on. That is that is how you get into my heart, my friend. <laughs> is there anything else that we need to hit on? No. All right, no. let's get out of here. <laughs> Red Sox lost that game last night. Pissed me off. I didn't like it. I can understand that. I, I, I got to watch uh, Islam Makhachev last night. Habib's boy. You know Habib oh. as a coach is now 5-0 and in UFC this year? As a coach. Just unbelievable. This guy, he don't lose ever. No matter what's going on, he don't even have to fight, and he don't lose. Just cracks me up, man. That guy's scary, by the way. I don't know if you watched him. I didn't. Ooh. I didn't at all. That I guy's... watched basketball and I watched baseball. Oh, he's That's all I did last night. Islam Makhachev. I hung out with, out with a 20-year-old who made me put pepperoni on his pizza. He is. I'm telling I you, this like Islam it. kid is terrifying. Terrifying. He's, he's going to win the belt. I'm telling you. He is going to wait, be. Wait, wait, what weight division is he in? I don't know. What you're he's in there about. with Poirier and and Connor and all those guys. Oh shit! He's gonna no, he's a, gonna get the belt. I'm telling you that divi- that division's loaded though. Oh, I mean, that, that's, absolutely. That's probably is that the most loaded division weight division in 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 UFC. I think so. Right now, yeah. I think so too. Right, they, they, they get the yeah. most. Names, I think I think lightweight stuff. is pretty loaded as well with uh, Kamar Usman and Jorge oh, Masvidal yeah, and no. Nate Diaz. Yeah, like Masvidal and guys. Usman and Diaz. Um, those are those are pretty studs. It's it's pretty loaded there, but I I do think that Diaz getting pretty old though, right? Who Diaz? Diaz? Oh well, yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see his brother fight again. Nick is fighting in uh, September, I think, against yeah, Robbie Lawler. So. Like it, first time in six years or no? It may hell. It may be a decade. I don't know. Uh, it's been a while. Been a long time. So. Either way, uh, we will we will go ahead and end the show for today. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you for watching, listening, whatever it is that you do. We certainly appreciate you. If you have not subscribed, go ahead and knock that out. You can grab the podcast. Uh, you can grab the videos, everything else, over at winningcureseverything.com. Our college football show, we're in the middle of conference previews. So head over to sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF, or you can find it on YouTube. Just search for SBRPicks. And you'll be able to find it right there. Very easy to do. Sportsbookreview.com. That is the spot. So go ahead and check all that stuff out. We appreciate you for joining us. And with that said, we will let you get back to your day. Uh, We, uh, I forgot what my, I forgot my tagline. I'm trying to read all this Baker Mayfield crap. What is it? Uh, Hope you all get your tickets cash. Whatever. We we love you guys. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.